Hello and welcome to today's podcast with Mary and Natalia and Miss Mia Mor. See. Si. Well, what are we going to be talking about today? This wonderful topic of Aquarian underground revolution and relating. Yes, well, this is actually something that we speak about often. It's been quite dominant in our conversations <laughs> for the past few months, especially with everything that's been going on in our civilization, where really the foundations are shifting, cities are crumbling, especially Melbourne falling apart, busting mm. at the seams, and there's this real sense of revolution in, in the air and the the liberation and renegade essence of the human spirit mm. and there's something about this chaos that's super exciting and whilst it's yeah like it's frightening and feeling the fear vibrating within I think everyone's feeling the fear to some extent um, it's also super enlivening it is and I feel like we've just gone through what the rest of the world has gone through in the last year uh, in Australia the lockdowns have just like increased in the last few months and I guess activated some parts of me that have always been there and been more dormant and now it mm. feels like it's really time to stand up for what we value and what mm. we believe in and in really tangible small-scale ways really local ways that actually ripple into the collective mm. and also mirror some of the astrological alignments that are happening which is why the whole Aquarianness of it is mm. under the table or over the table because we are in some sort of cross waters between the Piscean and the Aquarian ages of mm. 2000 year cycles mm. yeah and so Okay, let's speak a little bit about what is Piscean, what is Aquarian. Mm. It relates to the Zodiac and really like an era of something like there's a particular essence that's associated with the Zodiac signs and it's reflected um, within the society, within the, the particular civilization at the time. So the Piscean age is like in its light it's about the dissolution of ego it's about spirituality it's about connecting with something greater and so in the last 2000 years we've seen the emergence of major religions and and buddhism and and a lot of cults with like some sort of guru ideologies but like ultimately leading us to the oneness the spirit of the oneness it's been mm. a really big theme in all of that yeah, and right now we're at, we're really at this crunching point where it has gone into the shadows and it has gone into this real sense of control and and suppression and dominant structure. And what I'm feeling right now is like as this Aquarian age is coming in, it's really like popping the lid. It, it, there's like a yeah a tension point between these two and. Aquarian uh, the Aquarian age is about utilizing our technology and innovation um, to advance society and to bring us closer to one another to create more of a collective vision but then in its shadow it can go into 
rebellion and progress is the only way and this is how it needs to be. Mm. But actually I feel like these two, the, the Piscean Age and Aquarian Age, they, they want to meet. Like the, mm. there needs to be a harvest of the Piscean Age because yeah, as, as crazy as it was and, and intense and chaotic, like there was a lot of beauty there as well. And we wouldn't be where we are now. We wouldn't be going into the Aquarian Age if it wasn't for the Piscean Age. Mm. Yeah, and we've gained a lot from that pursuit of the one, whether it's in our romantic affairs or whether it's in our religious affairs or whether it's in the policy making of, okay, we're gonna, just going to follow this one line, which is now happening in global mm. governance. But then I feel like the Aquarian note is really that of a, like wholeness where everyone is coming in to get their say and the, yeah, like the multiple opinions get considered and that also includes in a relational field polyamory. Mm. It includes what's happening in the technological field in mm. particular, like you spoke into the shadow, is the emergence of so many technologies but not really the ethics of it. And I feel like the ethics conversation of the technology needs to be that bridge that almost mm. brings in, okay, what do we actually take in and value from what we've already learned through humanity and carrying it on to an era where we're very much children again, mm. you know, training robots to do our bidding. Yeah. And being part of this Aquarian relating that, you know, me and you are both delving into it now, and there's another group in in New Zealand that are delving into Aquarian relating. Like, there, there's really there's there's no structure. We're letting go of structure. We're letting go of, of of rules and any kind of form of like hierarchy. It's really going into synarchy and something that's a little bit more synergistic, and yeah, feeling into what form of relating is true to us to our personality to our soul to our entire being like what's what, what's our truth mm. and so relating now for me is more than just um, an erotic or sexual connection it's mm. every connection has its own unique flavor or essence whether it's mm. uh, like creation or it could be like deep heart intimacy yeah it's um it's always um, it, it's an adventure it's a mm. yeah it, it's new territory mm. and moving slowly and feeling every step of the way is 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 the way mm. Mm. yeah I mean I've I've come from a long past by now of like delving into multiple forms of alternative relating and I feel like the shadow of the Aquarianness would be to just say, okay, free for all, just do whatever, mm. relate however you want, everyone's unique, we all have different rules. And then coming into this maturity of it slowly of, okay, but we need to honor love at the center mm. and we need to really question what would love do or how would love relate and actually take in more than one person in that consideration. Mm. And so it becomes infinitely more complex the more people you bring into your equations and the more people you bring into your bedroom. Mm. And I guess some aspects what I want to mm. touch upon is all of those nuances of, mm. okay, that it's not just the free-for-all buffet table of experience. It's also doing our shadow work around mm. the attachment theories, the 
the shadows of our own sexuality and our neediness and um and also then like ultimately launching our innovation like our creativity mm. through these connections and not everything is about sexuality there's so many different nuances of relating we can have and i would love to honor the fact that mm -hmm. like the aquarian age knows no bounds of where we could take things yeah and so much more than just like these personal conversations is the the shamanics of it you know like as you said before like we're all connected so mm. if we're connecting with with one person um, it's going to impact the other relationship as well like there is a connection in the animal body and the emotional body and the energetic body and that flows through all of us so connecting in a in a big group with with many different connections like that's that's a consideration and so yes there is a maturity that comes with it but we're also kids because we're because we're learning this whole new way of being and just seeing the way that things are unfolding in the world like people are coming back to their to their core values to their core truths like what will i stand for what is what is my truth and I think about kids and the way that they are like they just they act from a place of, of truth and whatever's alive for them mm -hmm. so there's there's a real aliveness that comes with Aquarianism mm. and we're entering it through this era of restriction um, like key words of our time are restrictions lockdowns mandates um, can't do this you can't do that mm. so there's a lot of fucking boundaries around us mm. and then working within and amongst that i guess is part of a stepping stone of finding our freedom mm. and i feel like it's been the same way with relating and finding like okay we've got certain restrictions of this is our sacred container coming from like a partnership into opening and it feels like, okay, I can go on this kind of day. There's like certain boundaries. I can put them on myself or I can be um, negotiating them with my partner. And then within those bounds, I am infinitely capable of almost tasting the qualities mm. of what the potential of the connection could be and really marinating just in that pure potential that hasn't yet manifest. Mm. That's been a big lesson of mine in the last year or so mm. of really feeling into every single connection that I have in the world every single relationship and really tasting what the potential is what does what wants to be birthed through us mm. when it's not just children when it's projects when it's creativity when it's the birth of ideas or practices mm -hmm. or temples mm. and finding that right relationship um, to be juiced by, to be, you know, mm. mused by, and then to start cultivating that into realization as the love child of each union. Yeah, I love that word muse. It's come up for me recently with, with another lover. And we were talking about what, yeah, like what are these connections that are, they're actually our muses and noticing when there is aliveness between, you know, 
like between myself and another person for example it's like oh okay so there's something here let's sit with it let's go into it and whilst there's the greater soul purpose all the aspects of personality come up as well like the the vulnerability of it and uh, between us there's also been like some vulnerability that's come up for me and like speaking into it actually just allows it to move so that a deeper truth can come out like oh actually we should create something we should talk about Mm. this we should make a podcast Mm. (laughs) yeah and it is about the nuances and being present with with what (coughs) is yeah Yeah, there's been something definitely wanting to birth through us and I feel like we've gone through a myriad of interactions but like really cultivating Mm. an Aquarian revolution Mm. in some sense as our common thread Mm -hmm. in whatever ways it wants to manifest. Mm. And I feel like there's an equal amount of value put into like cherishing the uniqueness Mm. of the connection like okay we really feel there's this intangible being between Mm -hmm. us that we really want to give words to Mm -hmm. we want to give like a whole world to Mm. and then going about it in like so many different ways but I feel like when there's inspiration present Mm. life just flows towards it and allows us to connect to the people the channels the resources that Mm. we need to actually make that manifest and that feels mm. like the biggest form of love in our time. Of like, And I'm sure multiple people can be experiencing this in different ways in their lives, where there's either a business collaboration or a relationship that feels fertile. There's like fertile soil, we're resonating in some level and just excavating that. Like, okay, what are you juiced by? We both enjoy good food and good company mm. and great music and you know the muses and the ages um and being rebellious and being rebellious and totally <laughs> radical you know like the the that that radical essence of the heart is something that i feel very strongly with you mm. and pushing the, the 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 boundaries and questioning the restrictions you know i was thinking the other day like yeah mm. once upon a time slavery was legal once mm. upon a time you know purchasing alcohol was 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 illegal so where where do i stand with that mm. and in our time when mm. intimacy amongst strangers or people that you don't know is basically outlawed which yeah. is a ridiculous thing in my world well it's it's not human and i think that's that's another shadow of a maybe it's yeah like this this piscean thing of going into deeply into consciousness and forgetting the the, the innate humanness which we need human contact we Mm. need touch and so with more than just our core family or partner with others with many yeah and i guess that sparked part of my revolution without going into detail of what i'm doing in my daily life (laughs) which i no longer can talk about freely online um i i had this activation i think since the first kind of hard lockdown started in our area Mm. of i i like what do i truly stand for Mm. is people's ability to connect to each other in an embodied way Mm. 
and to not lose that ability mm. to understand each other's body language and to come together from a place of nonverbal connection and communication and finding ways to transmit that not just in person but through mm. also online methods mm. has been a large part of my body of work in the last mm. year I just okay I need to hold this beacon alive that we cultivate mm. meeting strangers in mm. intimacy in transpersonal ways mm. that are less about what do you like and what do you don't like blah blah and mm. more about what makes us human what mm. makes us connect what makes us all feel alive together and it's been such mm. a juicy journey and this is what excites me about what you're doing and what you stand for in that okay so I've always told myself like if I was to be alive in any period of time it would be Berlin you know circa 1920 after the pandemic uh, after World War One this really intense time where people living life on the edge like what is life going to look like like this not knowing and there was this revolution of the human spirit where people were going underground and exploring gender and sexuality and really stretching the bounds of reality and and personality and just enjoying life through archetypal play taking on different identities and then maybe that's why I've changed my name so many mm. times because I feel like it somehow mirrors that time of just seeing what is possible when we play with reality and play with our identity mm. and uh, yeah like this time seems to be it seems to have a very similar flavor mm. to that yeah and mm. I'm sure there's multiple underground permission spaces mm. alive in this moment across the planet mm. At least I hope there are. There are. I know. <laughs> I have I have been told and I cannot name names or yeah. countries, but the underground is alive right now. There is a shift in you know, what even is a is a religion. There is a a change in a shift in terminology and like you know, technology for example, like that is a word that we that is commonly used to describe like electronics and systems, but actually we can use the word technology for the way in which we communicate and the way in which we process. So I think even technology, the way that we understand it now is stretching, is mm. changing. Yeah, and I feel like the, the revolution, the evolution of mm. everything needs a little bit of underground mm. pockets to be like nurtured in. It's almost like seeds going underground and then having a safe haven to explore mm. life in before mm. disrupting the mainstream and I feel mm. like we're in some of those cultivation pockets of hey there is this way of doing things and this way of exploring what's next in the evolution of psyche um, and I'm actually really excited about it because even life in Berlin in the mm. 19, 2019 was probably getting a bit boring you know like yes we had all the freedom to go clubbing and take all the drugs and celebrate sexuality and pay for mm. it and and all the food in the world was available mm. to us in every street corner mm -hmm. and now that it isn't so readily accessible mm. I feel like we we've started to value it more and also we've started to question 
what are actually the values that I like what are the things that I need mm -hmm. in my life on a regular basis who are the people mm. that I really would miss if they weren't a part of me and it allows us to create those microcosms mm. that are really mm. resilient mm. and hopefully fertile for a deepening and an expansion of what is possible within them and that's the the polarity of what's going on now it's the polarity of separation like I used to travel all the time all the time and I feel like that was really me chasing life mm. chasing the current chasing the excitement the, the excitement of a new culture of uh, a new smell and new people mm. a new way of being and now that that's not accessible to me firstly I will never ever take my freedom for granted in the way mm. that we we could just like get on a flight a few hundred dollars we're in another country free to explore anything is possible yeah. now that I'm here and that's not possible it's like oh how does life want to move now that I physically cannot and I actually was going to leave I was going to go mm -hmm. to, to Costa Rica in a couple of months and I started to feel when I refocused and really felt into the land here, Byron and the community here and what, what's bubbling, I thought, no, actually life is, is calling me here. Mm. So life is everywhere. I feel like a lot of people have probably made that and there's still some people that are in like, okay, let's all move to Costa Rica and do it there, mm -hmm. which is totally fine, but you're still going to face mm. these challenges of staying put and building resilient community wherever you are. Mm. And I feel like rather than the flighty YOLO existence that mm. we've been a part of, there's a chance mm. that we can take these Aquarian technologies coming in and start building something experimental mm -hmm. that might fail. We know mm -hmm. it might fail, but at least we've got multiple stations, little hubs of people mm. experimenting with relation technologies, mm. um, I'm sure ecology technologies, um, microfinances, and like new ways of doing life. Yep. And mm. just wanting to bring light to like how important that is, even if you're not hearing about it yet in the mainstream, and the mainstream is probably not going to broadcast about it for another decade. Mm -hmm something's happening and there's a new you know 20 year cycle that's just started in a lot of kind of planetary senses so we're just on the precipice of creating new ways and we don't know what it's going to look like and no. we're going to make i'm not going to say it's a mistake but it's going it might be clunky at yeah. some point like it's totally experimental and noticing like when i speak to people who were living in in the cities and people who are very much still like in the matrix um, and not really quite grasping like the immensity of the shift that's mm. taking place like no 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 like the shift is really happening mm. and people's psyche is is being tested I'm, I'm reading this book at the moment called the psychology of, of pandemics and this book uh, was was written by um, I'll write it up in <laughs> I can't quite remember um, 
Yeah, but he, uh, he wrote this a few years ago and his publisher told him that, um, you know, this book is actually not relevant and now it's been published and it was completely sold out, but I had someone kindly um, access it for me <laughs> in Aquarian ways. And um, yeah, pretty much everything that's happened in pandemics previously is happening now mm. where people are questioning leadership people are questioning why why things are happening seeking alternatives people are yeah like when they when there is so much suppression and repression people seek answers elsewhere not from the people who are suppressing them but feeling where the freedom is mm. Mm. yeah there's something valuable in being with the unknown mm. as long as we can and I know that's an acquired skill as well, to be able to not have the answers and not know what the next move is. Mm. But that's the place of creativity and that's the place yeah. of the innovation actually happening and taking mm. place. And the more people we can almost be in that with, mm. the more I feel like we're gonna expand as our communities, as our relations, even as our companies. I feel like there's been so many layers where we've gone through that, but if we take relationships as the foreground of the exemplary, mm. um, there's been a lot of knowing, uh, learning from just letting go of basic relationship structure. Mm. And like personally, it's been a lot mm. of letting go of primary partnership and the concept of marriage and what that means. Mm. Um, I know you've journeyed that as well. <laughs> um, but really redefining it as a playground of, okay, why are we doing this? And what are we aligning with together? And just like, what are the values that we're lifting in? And then at every turning point, at every difficult moment, listening to those values, like, okay, but we said we would stand for freedom. We said we would stand for love above our personal desires we know that we would stand for um, our personal growth and sovereignty over compromising mm. something that deeply is important and valuable to us um, and then navigating each relationship as it arises from this point of view of I don't know what this is about I have no desire to like try to make claims and project onto the future mm. of how long we're going to be together or you know where are we going to live but actually just taking it as a meeting point of two equals as souls who want to mm. again give birth to something mm. and nourish another part of our community and I'm noticing how that's actually trickling in mm. um, to like creating a wider field at the moment and what I'm really deeply interested in, because I feel like I've got my personal freedom and my personal love is very abundant and overflowing, but I'm interested in how do we cultivate it as a field of humans? Mm. Like how does my love trickle into mm. and touch people that I alone cannot possibly, mm. but somehow through the spaces I hold or the actions and the little podcasts that I create, how does that go and touch someone who then touches a myriad of people? And I also want to acknowledge that that's 
a really difficult process to go through as well. Like it just it doesn't just happen mm. overnight because we are disintegrating and repatterning old ideas and paradigms of what we think a relationship should be. Like we are still part of a generation that were brought up largely believing that okay we need to marry a, a man and then have kids and then have a job and nine to five and la 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 the house the mortgage and I've noticed within myself stepping into this <coughs> Aquarian relating I had all these ideas coming up of oh well, well now it's you know it's been a, a couple of months that we've been dating like doesn't this mean that now we'll put a label on it and now it's more serious and what 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 and all these old stories and ideas and were actually creating a contraction mm. in my system and as soon as I made the choice because it's a choice mm -hmm. to let go of that and also voicing it as well and bringing it up with you and um, the other partners and loves like oh actually this is a very normal part of the process mm. to have these old thoughts and ideas coming up because this is different this is experimental we don't know we don't have mm. the answers but just to to air that mm. so that we can give space for something new to mm. come in and and like is it going to be a new structure is it just going to be like is it going to be a structure it's just going to be a different structure but actually well what if there actually isn't a structure mm. like oh what is yeah. it? that's scary for the human for the humanoid it's like oh what there's there's no answer yeah it's hugely scary and i'm thank you for bringing that in because i do want to honor the aquarian age of romanticism mm. as well it brought us so much romance mm. and heartbreak and romantic comedies and mm. <laughs> you know the whole era of fucking trying to find the one yeah <laughs> like that's been the narrative the for romantic 2000 dream years. and what i've noticed is that we can feel that with every person that we connect with mm -hmm. we can have that moment of feeling this is the one and we've like we've got it mm. now and like we're gonna do this and ride into the sunset together and mm. you know live like there's no tomorrow and be on a desert mm. island forever and I can still have those moments and I want to fully live them in that moment mm. but I know for a fact that it doesn't last I yeah. know for a fact that that's a romantic ideal and yes I can speak into it I can write poetry about it I can have that fantastical date with someone with candlelight and you know fancy things and, and the fantasies that and go the, the fantasies and the proposals yeah and the Disney dream the Disney dream like go for it fulfill that mm. fantasy knowing that it's a fantasy like go fully mm. into it knowing that's not going to be a reality in two months or mm -hmm. two weeks or two years um mm but fully kind of allow your heart to immerse and live those strings mm. as well and then allow that with every person that you meet and like mm. I guess the biggest technology that we re need to learn is the negotiation of how does that fit into the mm. greater collective how does that then come back into mm. the tribe or the community that we're a part of and how can we have romantic dates with our girlfriends and our boyfriends and mm. you know our fathers and mothers and you know live little moments that mean so much 
and cultivate that specialness mm -hmm. with every person rather than making it a scarce resource and leaning into the uniqueness of yeah. it because it's it does feel like oh this is different and it feels strange to my system but it's true mm. so I was married mm. and we had the most lavish wedding and we lived a very lush life together and in so many ways it was a fantasy it was it was a beautiful love story and it came to a point where it's like wow well, we're actually wanting different things mm. like we have a different idea of what the romantic dream is it just mm. shifted and just last week I had dinner with my ex-husband and his partner and her child and um, I'm donating my eggs in a few months um, to uh, this, this gorgeous couple same-sex couple and we all had dinner together and it felt so right it's like mm. wow we're, okay so we're, we're all living in our truth and we were, we're all able to come back to love and there's been several processes between all of us for us to come back to that space mm. which is human and, and natural like oh this is this Aquarian thing this Aquarian <laughs> community that I'm I'm creating that we're, we're, we're all in it we're all leaning in yeah. we all have we're all feeling like this is actually really big what's happening right now yeah but it doesn't just happen overnight like there has to be a conscious leaning in yeah and we all need to be a part of it like you said you need to cultivate relationships with mm. each of those beings to be part of a dinner table where we can all sit together comfortably um, I feel like there's an awareness of okay if I'm connecting with someone here that's going to touch all the people that mm. they love and it's going to touch all the people that I love mm. and timing has become another thing to play with in mm. that you know like there's less urgency and immediacy and it's only tonight or never mm -hmm. kind of mentality and more more notion of coming into okay well I know there's a flame there and there's mm. a spark here and there's a connection there and then yeah what I'm really navigating with is that relationship of okay what's there to create here what's the urgency here that really requires my attention and consciously knowing that I will pull things away from other pockets of mm. my heart to really invest into one place, hoping that it will flourish and nurture something else in the collective. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that, even that notion of like, okay, it needs to be abundant for the whole in order to um, be valuable to me. Like, oh, this will trickle into making an impact in the world at large. Or it will teach me something that I've never learned before. Yeah. And it's this time to learn this lesson. And I will engage in this relationship for that reason. Whether it's shadow work, whether mm. it's like relating with my partner's ex-partner to know, you know, what's there between the sisterhood. Or, yeah, or chasing back, like lines of two years ago that don't feel quite right and yeah. don't feel quite clean and just going back and doing that work mm -hmm. I feel like the lockdown's actually giving a lot of, us a lot of time to ref reflect <laughs> <and> feedback. <laughs> 
because we are building a new yeah. civilization and we don't want to make it about the shadows that we were holding mm. so yeah there's a sense of shadow shedding shadow shedding and there's a collective mutual healing mm. that's going on here as well especially like being in a community where we're all relating with one another on some level yes pieces are going to come up and can we show up for one another in those times and even if there is like a sense of urgency or a, or a longing can we be with the other person's vulnerability and honor that because they're actually holding a part within us like we're all holding something with it like it's just archetypes playing out at the mm. end of the day and we're we're all holding a key for for each other we're all holding like a a little a little bit of medicine mm. for one another and that's what what I love about this is that it's it's like a <laughs> like a aquarian psychology mm-hmm. oh. in real time i wish the aquarian psychology is the place where we release some of our rigidness mm. around attachment wounds mm. and release some of our preferences of what our partners mm. need to be like and actually look past and beyond that and not even to the soul because i feel like aquarian age also uh, sorry piscean age included all soulmate mm. ideology mm-hmm. where there's just like one person to complete me in a soul level mm. and then the aquarian age is saying there's a group soul Mm-hmm. There's more than one. And I feel like I've had that in my life mm. where I've found multiple soulmates. I've got visceral proof mm. of me falling in love with someone and finding that they're the same as me. Yeah. And being confronted by my own mm. reflection <laughs> in another being again and again mm. and letting them go because mm. whatever happens, life. Um, but knowing that there's multiples and knowing that we're all here to do the same work in some way and then being able to appreciate the differences Mm. so I feel like there is a cycle and maturation that we need to go through from relating Mm. from the romantic place and the soulmate place into looking at our attachment wounds looking at okay where does the romantic ideal Mm. just attach to those beings who portray the same traits as our fathers do Mm. (laughs) yeah where does it go beyond that into this is good for the whole i've heard a lot of new couples say like we don't even know why we're together but we feel like we've got this mission to birth Mm. it's like the 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 collapse of of duality and the collapse of polarity and Mm. even though like polarity will always be there like we are living in a universe where this earth this planet is defined by polarity Mm. and so i think there's going to be a constant flow of like polarity and then this like you know when we talk about gender like yes like the the masculine and feminine but then we can also go into this like hermaphroditic energy Mm. as well of of the soul and really noticing that flow it's actually like an extension of Jungian psychology Mm. like I, I I feel like there's going to be like a new type of psychology that emerges from this time and um I'm also curious about the kind of creations and the kind of artwork that's that's going to emerge from this time as well you know like every significant era has had its own expression of creativity yeah and i'm just excited to see like what's what's this one gonna be all about because i feel like it's going to be something with um like like te- technology but th- there's 
something that we don't yet know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I feel like we're kind of in the process of creating that, you know, some sort of underground society that's based on archetypal play and cavorting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like there's a multimodality. I feel like whatever we're creating, we're creating it as more than one, more than two. Mm-hmm. So it's already becoming a triangulation or a group process. Mm. And for that to happen, I feel like it's also going to be multi- multimodal art where we mm. have music, visual, animation, storyline together, like NFTs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm really curiously looking at all of the ways in which um, society can evolve in like including multiple layers of perspective at the same time Mm. or looking at the same issue from multiple perspectives and I'm really worried about the places where it isn't and that's probably Mm. the biggest shadow that I see in our modern society where a lot of people are just taking at face value what to do like the conformist aspect Mm. is another shadow of the Aquarian um, that I want to address. Sorry, there's somebody who fell off their cord. And we're, ju- we're just at the beach, <laughs> by the way, just to give you all a little bit of context. Um, someone's just fallen off their, their, their paddle board. I and think uh, all right. I think they're all right, but they're kind of struggling. I think they've got an esky there. Just don't lose those beers, whatever you do. <laughs> the treasures, Australian treasures, a six-pack and a yeah. pack of smokes. Anyway, I was just saying, I think the shadow is of conforming blindly to these really globally imposed rules without questioning. Mm. And I'm not saying the opposite is believe all the conspiracies, but at least, you know, develop your own pockets of values and systems Mm. that you're living by and guided by that feel true to the heart so that we have multiple experiments of the new age living mm. side by side what the global narrative is I feel like that's really important and I celebrate where we're at right now where there are actually there are many truths mm. you know if someone believes a conspiracy theory if enough people believe a, a particular what's it called conspiracy theory or in a particular in a particular narrative like it's already it's a truth because if enough people believe it, then it starts to manifest. The problem is, is when we hold on to it so tightly that it dictates where we go, how, you know, that it's actually restricting us and separating us. That's, that's what concerns me, like the, mm. the separation um, that, comes, that can come with it in having many, many truths and many beliefs. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, the one thing that I really couldn't stand for a par- like particularly with Melbourne restrictions was you can only see one person mm. outside of your household or outside of you know you living alone choosing your single body mm. it's like that's that's really like jeopardizing our resilience as humans who are like inherently social beings inherently need physical contact with other people like we that those are matter of fact values everybody should have access to human contact everyone should have access Mm. to for multiple levels of intimacy and if you're only relying on one person then that 
that like threshold that accumulation of pressure yeah it's really huge you know what if that's a dysfunctional relationship that's just one but mm-hmm. so we need all of these other reference points even just to come into mental health and like understanding of where our own place within mm. the society is where our own like we need mm. multiple narratives we need multiple opinions around mm-hmm. us we need multiple people that we can rely on so even if you are in a beautiful committed secure relationship and you have no like fantasy of opening it up but you still need like other close friends you need still need other confidants so that you can be mm-hmm. seen from multiple angles as a human yeah and i feel this overloading right now this this flooding of yeah just emotion and intensity and in having this one person who is the the ultimate human like this is the person that i do everything with and like it's it's an overload for for the emotional body for, for for every part of us and it can start to make us feel caged as well like what about like the the animal that's within us just wants to like play and meet other animals and explore yeah yeah Yeah. so i for one have been a huge proponent of keeping that flame alive allowing people to meet each other in myriads of ways in creative ways Mm. in more elaborate fun joyous ways um intimacy across the screen intimacy across the playground intimacy across genders and like styles of relating Mm -hmm. intimacy through music and poetry there's so many ways we can feel connected but feeling connected i guess Mm. is that one value that i really stand for yeah and i just also want to uh, thank zoom (laughs) in this time <laughs> you know as as shit as it is being on zoom and how much better it would be if we were in person what i have learned in in this uh this recent two-year journey um is that zoom teaches us about the nuances the energetic nuances mm. and you know what is moving through us even when it, we're not in the physical and actually like we are all connected in the quantum field we're not so far away mm. thank you zoom yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little message from our advertiser it, it just came in i went with it <laughs> and thank you to all the dating apps like thank you to thanks tinder hinge bumble Lua. Lua. <laughs> all the conscious ones and the unconscious ones yet to come but um we need to be allowed to experiment this yes. age is so much about experimentation not taking things at face value um yeah i feel like we're on a good, off to a good start off to a good start of the aquarian age we're off to a good start and we're doing it up here in Byron Bay and we encourage you to do that in in your own way Mm -hmm. whatever feels true to you experiment with your with your humanity lean into those curious edges you know take an adventure adventure into the unknown 
please message me about it. I would love to hear what other experiments there are going on. She really would. She's very experimental and always curious about other human minds and mm -hmm. souls and the way that they're moving. <laughs> very loud boats and seagulls. <laughs> and on that note, Mia, thank you so much for joining me today in this Wild Grace podcast. Thank you for having me. Yes. And I'll see, speak to you all soon for the next podcast.